Coming up this week, live on S4C, Ooh, we've got a bit of Saturday night football in action. Aberystwyth against Ballard Town. Two teams that have had pretty different starts to the season. Aberystwyth, a bit of a struggle down towards the bottom. And Bala fighting for that consistency to make sure that they remain towards the top end of the table. So it should be a cracker. Live on S4C this Saturday night with a 7.30 kickoff. Join the crew. This Saturday night, S4C, Aberystwyth against Bala. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen About his seven caps, his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace. Now it's a long shot. Well, hello and welcome, or hopefully welcome back to you regular downloaders of the Longman's Football World podcast. Coming up on today's show, we have got the one and only Mr. Andy Morell. Wrexham legend, went on from Wrexham to have a good stint at Coventry, Blackpool, Bury, then came back to Wrexham as a player and player manager. So, real good to be able to sit down with Andy, a guy who I'd never met properly um, until a few weeks back. We both played in a Wrexham Legends match, made contact and then got in touch since. And hopefully it's a, it's a conversation you guys can enjoy. Uh, obviously going over Andy, Andy's career, uh, his interest in stepping into the podcasting world and uh, sitting down with some managers, some managers that he knows and, and probably some that he doesn't know just to get a little bit of, bit of insight. And we get into all of that. That's where we start the conversation, actually. Uh, so hopefully it's one for you guys to enjoy. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to sit down and chat with Mr. Andy Morell. Just thought, well, why not? I've got, I, I'm, there's loads of stuff out there about players and how they've got into football, that sort of thing. But there's not anything, I don't think, about managers and why they make decisions, how they make decisions, who makes the decision, when they make a decision. And I've gone through that being a manager of my influences, etc. And I don't know, I just thought people would be interested in not just hearing the manager say, oh, we were good on Saturday, we played like this. It was more, I had a nightmare picking the team because it was Saturday, 12 o'clock when I decided out of those two players do you know what I mean and yeah. that's how late it can get you know I was undecided I'd sleep on it but or no no I've always made my decision by Thursday and I know it and it's clear and we're done but I've done that and you get an injury on Friday and <laughs> it's up the swanage do you know what I mean so yeah. so I don't, I just thought that some people might be interested and also similar to the one you're doing talking to players that you've played with and just recounting some of the stories that you've you've gone through and that I don't remember when I played with players, you know, but they remember stories and I remember stories that are different to theirs and just the way that players just get on, do you know what I mean? Because I don't think I've got that many really good friends in football, but I've got a shed load of acquaintances, you know, yeah. people that you meet and you can just have a 20 minute conversation with like nothing's changed. Yeah. But, uh, and that's why I think it, it was interesting to do it you know, do ba- basically and um, first of all welcome to the podcast <laughs> sorry you I'm know, just naturally enough this, this is my uh, this is my office now we've kindly been uh, 
borrowed the, just a little room in the Stoke training ground, don't we? Yeah. But the conversation pulled a few, pulled a few strings. Oh, play a few favors. Yeah. Nice coffee. Uh, and what you're talking about there is you're, you, you know, we got in touch with each other. First time we met really was a Wrexham's Legends game. <laughs> That's in, uh, very uh, much so in, at in least quotation you, marks. You know, at least you've done something for the club. <laughs> I don't know why there. I was there. Um, yeah, and you, you, you know, we got in touch, and, and you're kind of thinking about possibly starting a little podcast. Yeah, but mainly managers. Yes, but no, I've got no technological what know-how. I've got no idea how I would set it up and start with it. I spoke to a guy at Wrexham when I did a commentary there at the end of last season about he puts one out and what he needed and that sort of thing, and he gave me some advice. But it's actually having the balls to jump in and just go right. I'm just going to try it and see. Maybe go out and just do it. And that's what my mate said. Just go and do it. Go and find three people or managers that you spoke to. Yeah. And just go and talk to them for an hour and see what happens. And whether you need to cut it or whether you don't, worry about that once you've got the information in. Yeah. And then see what happens. The beauty of them is, um, it doesn't matter who listens. I mean, if you've got aspirations of wanting to make money from podcasts, you need growth, you need a following. Mm. Um, but if you're happy, it's something that you want to do. Enjoy. And that's what people say to start with. If you want to do a podcast, you've got to enjoy. You, you've got to Absolutely. want to do it, for not for financial gain. Yeah. So if that's what you're talking about, it doesn't matter if five people listen, if you get 50 people or 100, mm. or maybe you get 10,000, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter if you like, because you can start. I'm sure you could record a podcast on your phone. Yeah. You know, sound quality dictates, depends what sort of machine you, you end up getting. Yes. Um, that's the beauty. But also for my learning as well, you know, if I... I've, been a manager for a few years and going and speaking to other people that are in the game that are managers I might pick up something you know yeah. ideas and stuff so I can pick their brains while I'm doing something else do you know and I mean? it's, a, it's a sneaky way of doing that not yeah, sne- without telling sneaky bad <laughs> you <God>. know. <laughs> they know it's recording but it's it's that in if you like to be able to sit down and naturally to start with it's going to be people that you know isn't it yeah absolutely you know? and I, do you know what I love about them and I heard I've, I've described it like this before it's just an opportunity to sit down where you put your phone down, you turn your phone around if you like, and just have a conversation. And that is that is not something that happens these days. No, no. It's always something else going Even on. Even with your closest mates. Yeah, yeah. You know? Phones are on the table. Phones are on the table. <laughs> I mean, without this being a situation, when would we ever have sat down? No, absolutely. So it'd be a couple of minutes, wouldn't it? It might be an awkward, mm. oh, mate, how are yeah. you doing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But it was Bryn Law as well. I had a day with Bryn. I went and shadowed Bryn for a day at okay. Sheffield United Villa. Um, out of work, obviously. So I'm just seeing what options are out there for me. And I had a day with him, and I know he had done it because he played in the game as well. Yeah. He had a, uh, done the podcast for you. And he said, oh, you want to go and speak to Owen and see, see what he does and see how he's, because he's just moved on a little bit from the start. So he might be able to give you a bit of, a few tips really, you know. Does it flow for an hour, or is it hard work, or yeah. do you script it? Do you bring some questions that you've got? Doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> Wing it. But that, honestly, that is that's probably the beauty of such it. a conscious decision, right? Um, because when I finished when I finished playing, and I was asked to do a couple of interviews with a couple of people and friends, people that I knew, and I've become I don't get I don't tend to get nervous over over many things at all. Uh, internally a little bit but for this sitting down with mates and asking you're talking for a TV or radio interview that's going to last two three minutes so four or five questions at the most and I'd write down these the longest questions you've ever <laughs> and you're done and I'm trying to memorize them word for word so I'm sitting down have the conversation oh, it's not a conversation it's an interview I'm, and I'm asking these questions just working myself up to get it spot on every word correct if you would have asked me what the people I was speaking to, what their answers were, I wouldn't have had a clue. I wasn't listening to what they were mm. saying. You know, so it's a progression. If I, but that's a really good technique, isn't it? To have, being able to listen yeah. and know where the next, com- the next question is coming from. Yeah. That's tough. It's not easy. So if you want to sit down here and have a conversation, whether it's 40 minutes, an hour, and you don't listen, you're in big trouble. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like if you make it all about, all about you. Because I mean, that's the beauty, I suppose, of yours, is that it could end up anywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the things that you find out about people are normal stuff, which yeah. is why people listen. So. Yeah. So you're out, out of work then, and um, yeah. for how long? February, I left Tamworth um, after three years there, and I got a job with a, a new private academy over the summer. A couple of months, I set that up, helped set that up, but 
didn't quite turn out the way I wanted it to. So I've left there and now I'm searching, if you like, looking, but not just at management, coaching, whether it's academies, whether it's assistant manager, whether it, I don't really know. It depends what opportunities come up, but. You'd take anything? I would, because I need to pay a mortgage at the end of the day. I've got three kids and it's not easy, do you know what I mean? And I've not earned enough in my career to be comfortable and not need to. Yeah. But I'm also looking at trying to do something for myself so that I'm not reliant on being in work, if you know what I mean. You only enjoy what you do, don't you? I do. And football is all I know. I have been at university. I've done all that when I, before I started as a footballer. But I, it doesn't help now because all I've known is 20 years of football. Yeah. And I've done all right as a manager. I've had three or four years at Wrexham. i had three years at Tamworth. and did okay. But it's very, very hard. Do you know what I mean? I got my chance through it just falling in my lap yeah. at, at, at Wrexham and that's happening to jobs when I'm looking and I'm going getting frustrated with it and I'm like, I can't. Why? I can't because that's the way I got it. So you just got to take it and run with it and apply for jobs like anybody else and, and see what comes up. It's a mad world, isn't it? We, you know, we're, we're talking about similar experiences at diff- such different stages, if you like. So I, I retired at 30 and then Big Bad World, Welsh language, it helps massively, otherwise yes. I wouldn't be in the media. Uh, and for you, you were able to play later on, until mm. uh, you were a little bit older, stepped into management. Did you then think, this is me now? So when you're in that Wrexham job or the next job and you think, this is my life now, yeah. or, or do you think oh, there could be a few bumps in the road? I knew that it wasn't going to be all swimming, all lovely, very nice, you know what I mean, one of those. it was. There was always going to be trouble at some point because I got told right from the start, you, you're working towards a sack. Because if you get a great move, at some point you're going to get sacked because something's not going to get right at some point. Yeah. So you're going to get sacked at some point, so you're going to be out of work at some point. But I, and I knew that I could be out of work for a time period, you know, and, but that's what it is. But, but a management isn't like it used to be. It's not a career really anymore. It's... Yeah you dip in it's a stopgap and, you, and you're in and it might be two years it might be four years it might be six months now it might be four games now that's yeah. what it is and then you might be out and you might never get a second chance you know what I mean and the statistics of getting a second job are very small for managers first time managers so it's just becoming harder and harder that's all and if you get that second job um, or, or to get that next job doesn't matter if it's second third fourth do you, there must be a period where you know, if you're out of work for say a year, let's just throw that, you know, yeah. that, that timeline out there. Big trouble then, isn't it? You know, if you're out Huge. of sight, out of mind. Massively, and that's why you're trying to do radio, trying to just keep your face out there, in and around, go to games, watch games, just to try and keep your face out there to say that you're still out there and still looking and stuff like that. But yeah. it's just, what at what point do you go? I just I can't get another manager's job, and so I've got to go and do something else that pays my mortgage. Do you know what I mean? Even if you back yourself, which you have to. Yeah, to go, yeah, I'll, I'll be good. I can, get, I can get that job. Why can't I get that job? I've got my A licence. I've got seven, eight years experience. I've done all right. I've got a 50% win ratio over my seven years of management. It's all right, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you just can't get a foot in the door. Can't get a foot in the door. You know, you email, can you please send an acknowledgement that you've received my, not that I want an interview, I just, you've got it. Yeah. And you don't even get that. And it's like, that's not great by clubs, but also... You just don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's, it's common courtesy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I guess generally these days, people get headhunted so much. You know, I don't, I don't know what the, what the ratio is for uh, people like yourself applying for a job and then you're just begging for Because it could be 50 people going, oh, yeah. my CV. Yeah. That, that'll get cut down to probably five. Yeah. Maybe at the most they get an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot there. And it's common courtesy what you're talking about. Just to go, acknowledge, yeah, got your email. Uh, and that's uh, all I need to unfortunately, know. Unfortunately, you're it's not successful. Honest. Yeah, that's all it is. And I know that some clubs are very good at that sort of thing. Other clubs aren't. Yeah. But you don't know. I don't know now. I've sent a CV the other day. I don't know if they've got it, whether they're contemplating it. Whether, do you know what I mean? And it's like... Oh, so It's so much worse. <laughs> just being left in that limbo. Yeah. If but they've I, read it, yeah, you're checking your, your yeah, just outbox. To see. <laughs> Has it sent? Have I sent it to the right one? <laughs> exactly. I've got a dot wrong in the email. Was it dot, <laughs> dot co. Dot uk or was it dot com? It is, it is exactly that. But I think that's part of this. That's the world that we're we're in. We love it. 
that's why we're in it. Yeah. And I would do, I would do anything. I think to just be around and back out on the grass because I'm itching to get back in. Do you know what I mean? So is that why you started? What was it? A personal coaching thing? Was it a soccer school? It was just a private. Ones? It was a private academy um, set up by uh, a company. They were trading out of Lillyshaw and St George's Park, um, but it, it it just didn't quite work out what, how I expected, and I thought it was going to be brilliant, but it just there's so many of them out there as well, isn't it? Yeah, and so it's one down to experience a little bit for me, and we'll look elsewhere. But uh, yeah, just the time on the grass with these lads and young lads and helping them develop and trying to get them fit in pre-season, it's just camaraderie the banter that you get from being around a squad is you know you miss it when you're out of it yeah you, you spoke there about paying a mortgage and that's that's maybe the side that generally people fans don't tend to uh, they, they don't tend to dwell on that at all so it's morale out get him out of a job get him <laughs> sacked or, or oh, whoever yeah. the manager Use it is. to my ears that. and the first time that I proper properly realised that was um, when I went to Yeovil on loan a couple of times and Terry Skiverton was the manager and he was sacked uh, as a manager. Darren Way, my, my, a friend of mine, was his coach. And then fast forward a little bit of time, Darren Way's the manager and Terry Skiverton's the assistant. I'm thinking it's a, it's a weird one, they're mates, they're friends. But you know, for, for Skivo's ego, if you like, and we've all got an ego, you're thinking that must be a hell of a kick in the teeth, if you like, to be seen as it's a bit of a demotion, if you like. But then, if you really think about it, he's got a mortgage to pay. You know, it's a job. Yep. Absolutely, it's a job. So and don't put your ego to one side. Your manager and your assistant, you've got to get on. Yeah. And you've got to trust each other. And they obviously were mates. They knew he'd been in it, had a bit of experience from managing it. Yeah. And so, if he can oversee that, not it's not even a demotion because it's a job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And maybe he's more suited to an assistant than he is a less pressure a manager you know it might be a better situ- bit better fit for him than a manager he might have just got the manager's job like I did You'd just run with it Yeah. but he might actually be a better assistant and so it fits together and off you go do you know what I mean but it's just a mental mental one for him to get his head around to do it but you've got to pay the mortgage you've got to put food on the table for your kids people see whether it's on your CV or when you, whether you're talking to people uh, ex-professional footballer and they just think automatically but you are a millionaire <laughs> yeah, don't it's they? not happening like they, they <laughs> yeah. think you're so rich some people and I get it now um, because I work on the television so you're talking S4C Welsh television they, I promise you there's not that much money in it <laughs> but if people see you on the screen they think you're yeah. raking it <laughs> it's you know it's, it's, it's not real you, you did a commentary for Radio Wales on the weekend didn't you that's right yeah down at Braintree listen to a little bit of it mate with Gareth Blaney oh did you yeah one of my, uh, one of my colleagues it's at, a long way that by the way where oh, is it Braintree, Braintree miles I don't know where it is but it took a long time to get there <laughs> but, but again if, you know I try and use social media social media Instagram that is basically showing off isn't it you know, you've got to show off your life and, you know, there's pros and huge cons to it. But you try and use it as much as possible. And if I say that I'm here, I'm at Swansea, I'm at Cardiff, or watching a Wrexham game, people see glamour. Oh, he's on the radio, he's on the television. You know, mate, to do that gig for Radio Wales, <coughs> that money isn't big money. No, no, I left on Friday night, yeah. had a hotel in Northampton, uh, got up early in the morning, travelled the rest of the way, and for not a lot, but I just one, I really enjoy doing it and I need to get as much experience as I can. So any games I can get I need to take and, and just do just to get out there, really. Build contacts as well, don't you? Different. Absolutely, yeah. Met three different people now. I've done I did a couple for Radio Lanks as well. Okay. Uh, and just different BBCs really around the, who I've where I've played. Yeah. I'm doing the conf get conf Barnsley on Saturday for BBC WM or whatever. I've got Radio Lanks and Radio Wales now. So there's a couple there that I might hopefully get a couple more games from, but I'd really enjoy it, and it just gets me out on a Saturday because I'm tearing my hair out at home, you know, just sat chasing kids about. It's it's not what you want to do. How um it is now the the most difficult period for you since retiring, if you like, because you've been kept busy with management and uh, I think assistant manager job as well. Whereas I haven't now, officially retired. Okay, still playing. Yeah? Still <laughs> I played a couple at that, I played a couple at the end of last season, but this job that I took over the summer, I didn't do a pre-season. Okay. And so I'm 43 now. I'm not going to play. You know, I've pretty much knocked it on the head. But I sometimes think oh, I could just put it around for somebody for a few quid, and because I still love it. 
yeah. you know, playing in that charity game, just love running about and just being out on a football pitch and it is pretty much knocked on the head but I was going to say you know watching you play that day maybe it is time <laughs> <laughs> I scored a great header the, the noise from a header on me head oh my goodness it no, you're not echoed wrong, around those rocks you, you know <laughs> that experience is valuable at some, at some level somewhere mm. but I guess there comes a time because you probably haven't had that, that injury or or that moment that says I have to retire. Yeah, you know, you're, you probably still feel good in yourself. And a play, a player managed at Wrexham because I didn't want to retire. Yeah. And a player managed at Tamworth. They asked me to, would you stay registered? And it just happened that when you've got a small squad, we had to use what we could rather than bringing players in that you don't know. Right, I'll just stand up there for night and play and see what happens. And it went all right. But I've never actually just gone. So when I got. When I got binned in February, I went and played a couple of games for Redditch at the back end of last season, just to help out uh, Tim Harris, and uh, really enjoyed it. Sat in a changing room, it was the first time in eight years, I'd sat in a changing room and I was like, I had no pressure, and I didn't have to do anything, I, I didn't want to embarrass myself, but I could just go and enjoy playing and just sit and yeah. run about, and not worry that the warm-up's wrong and you know what I'm going to say at half-time and the tactics are wrong, it was just worry about, just run about and try and score. What, what was it like to be to be a uh, player manager? You know, is there because there there must be a bit of a bit of a mind fuck really of <laughs> playing yourself, right? To play yourself, you know, again it comes down to ego. You must think to yourself, oh, I I can do a job here, but then you've got to think about what other people's perception of that is. Ah, oh, he's playing himself. You know, other lads are maybe training hard in the week and thinking, ah, oh, the gaffer's just going to pick himself. It's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Really hard. And one, I had good. Players, experienced lads, Dean Keats, Crichton, that that knew that I was all right as a player. I was good enough to play in the team. Yeah. So they sort of kept the dressing room on on side. Neil Ashton, who played in the game, but he yeah, was yeah. one other one. But also, I had a good assistant, Billy Barr, who I had with me. He was able to take training, so I would go right. What we're doing in training, we're going to do this. Right, you just take it. I'll take bits of it. I'll have my input, but I'm just going to train. Going to train and worry about. So it was really, I loved it because that was my release of all the stresses that go off around management and you worry and oh, what about him and how was he and all that. I just train, just train, and yeah. then I worry about everything afterwards. And I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, pick yourself for the big games. Yeah. You know, yeah Wembley's yeah. when, when the game <laughs> That's me. I'm first on the team sheet, one of them. But uh, no, I think the lads were just great with it and they knew that I was playing when just before I got the manager's job. And they knew I didn't want to retire, and so they just ran with it. And is there fine? Is there to if you decide to play yourself, and then for you to be substituted, is that your decision? <laughs> yeah. Do you have to have a walk home and say, "Listen, mate, you got to take me I off." I was a bit older. Or, or <laughs> is it you see that number? You're thinking, "Oh my, this assistant's Cheeky getting sacked. Get. He's getting sacked." <laughs> you doing? Take me off? Yeah. How does that? Uh, how does that work? Yeah. He took me off. I scored two way at Ebbsfleet. I think he took me off. It's raging. Yeah, like, yeah. Suddenly, I was like, "What are you doing?" It's nearly got me actually. Got a penalty afterwards as well. Come on. What was he saying? Raging, just having a bit. Take we the applause. Were, yeah, we were four or five nil up, I think, which was decent away there. But yeah, it, it was mainly my decision on the pitch. I knew when I was done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I would just go. I knew I was always coming off because I'd never got ninety in me at that stage anyway. But I would blast and blast and just go and go and I'd say like, just give me five more minutes. I'll just run about and I was just done. We'll get into it all, mate. Um, but finishing off at Wrexham so uh, I think I read see I, I've done a little oh, yeah. I've oh, gone yeah. on Good. your Wikipedia yeah, thanks it's all wrong my date of birth I'm, I'm 41 <laughs> right. beautiful yeah um, when you left Wrexham was it was it by mutual consent or was, yes. was it down as mutual consent so you could have a little bit of a payoff it was a, it was a sack <laughs> it was the hardest decision I had to make because I just I love the place back to your me, club more than any I think so I'd had my first chance as a professional footballer coming out after university going and working in Leeds and all that and I got a foot in the door and it was a chance for me and it rolled on and rolled on but I eventually got a contract there so it was my first ever club professional club so that certainly sits in your heart early on who was the manager? Flinny Flinny yeah bless him yeah he was uh, he was really good for me you know gave me an opportunity when it doesn't happen that often nowadays because everybody wants money for non-league players yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, so I got a foot in the door. It took me two years or so to get 
actually into the first team. Best thing that happened to me was we got relegated, which gave me an opportunity the year after. And then I left and had the joke season where it all went ridiculous. And then I got my move to Cov and it was an easy decision because I, I was getting old. I wasn't young then, I was 28, 29. I just wanted to play as high as I could. So I had to go then and I think the fans understood that you've gone you know, two leagues up or one league up and yeah. it's a good move for it. But then to go back, I was on an iron weather to go back because I'm never going to repeat what I did in that season. And so I thought, well, it can't get any better. But actually it did because, you know, a couple of seasons under Dino, learned so much over Dean Saunders. Yeah. He was crazy, but he uh, taught me so much. And then I just ran with it after that and ended up winning a trophy at Wembley for Wrexham. And it just, after that, just slowly just went downhill and we just couldn't quite get the same enthusiasm from the lads. We missed out on the playoffs. New, Newport beat it. Yeah. Newport beat us at the final. We got beat by Luton twice in two seasons in the semi-finals, and we were just so close. We just couldn't get over that. We got ninety-eight points one year to Fleetwood, and just didn't get up. And it just sort of the energy in the lads just couldn't go again. And it needed a big turnaround. And I left it too long to do that. And so I went with a plan to say next summer, this is what I want to do. I want to so change you, it. You, you kept maybe too many senior players on for a little bit. Too yeah, because yeah. I just remember. We just need to tweak it. We just need to tweak it again. Because so close, we're so close. Yeah. We just needs tweaking. But it, yeah, it, it needed a bit of more cutthroat than that, and just go okay. boom. This is what we're going to do. So I, I planned to do that in the summer after I, I went in the February, I think. And I put something and said, "This is what I want to do. I want these four players, and I'm going to get rid of these lot because I think it just needs a whole fresh approach." And so that was a couple of weeks before I actually left, and we just couldn't get a win. And there was rumblings behind when I was, I came on in a game and I got booed coming on, and we were one nil down. And I, I just thought, that's not my time. I think it's my time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we got beat at home by Braintree. I think it was one nil. And I just said, listen, it's. I think it's time that I stepped away and give somebody else a go because we've been so close and so close. I don't know if I can take it further. So they told me to sleep on it. And but I sort of knew. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because yeah. I guess made it a little bit harder because you were a player as well. You know, loyalties, friendships within a, within mm-hmm. a dressing room. You knew the capabilities Work. of some players. <laughs> Mortgage yeah. again. Yeah. I'm walking away from something where you know if they they can sack me and I'm, that's not my decision. But I'm walking away from work. Yeah. But I just felt it was right for me, right for the club as well. And I've always wanted to do my best for them. And if I wasn't being able to do that and do what I wanted to take, I wanted to take the club further, but just felt that. And my contract wasn't being renewed at the end of the season as well. There wasn't talk of it. They were waiting and waiting. I was like, well, I need to know. And the players were wondering what's going on. And the whole upheaval of it, I just thought, I think I'll just make the decision and, and I'll go. So how much, how much um, does it come to your mind uh, because you've played with these lads, you're talking there about your own mortgage. If you need to release a player, you know that player might find it hard to get a contract elsewhere. Does that play in your mind as a, as a manager? It does, but that's where you are a manager. And You've got you, to put it to one side. Absolutely, and it's not personal. It yeah. isn't. I'm not trying to get him out because I don't want him to be able to pay his mortgage. It's I don't, I don't want him there because I think I've got to freshen it up and I've, I've got, got somebody better think that can come in and do it. But it is hard when it is mates or acquaintances, I suppose, is what we talk about. But um, it's, yeah, it, I think you've just got to make those decisions and, and run with them and they get over it. You know, players understand and that. And it's, a, it's a joke six months down the line, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You got rid of me, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen it, you know, Roberto Martinez came back to Swansea as a manager, having been there as a player. Um, I was I was a player with him for a year, but some of the lads for for a good few years have been through a lot, you, you know, surviving, staying in the league, and, and this and that. And he came back, and he was, he had changed, you know. And at the time, and you know, I know Gary Monk has been another one where players were. I wasn't there, but players have said, "Ah, oh, he changed almost overnight." But you have to, yeah. don't you? You, yeah. you can't be that same guy. No, and I I made a conscious decision because I was player managing that I can't just draw a line I've got to be I either I'm right in it with the lads 
or I'm stepping completely away from it. And I just thought, well, I get on with the lads. It's a good team spirit. I'm just going to be right in it and I'm going to run about and I'm going to mess about and I'm going to, when we're training, I'm going to do it right and be as professional as I can, but enjoy it yeah. and be right in amongst them. And it worked for the majority of the time. That league's a bastard, isn't it? That's <laughs> Mate, one. It's a joke. You know, you, you're saying they're 98 points and not, yeah. not getting up. It's but you come, you're coming up against teams that there's always a team going for it. You know, we had Luton in there that were big, big spenders. Yeah. Fleetwood come in with Vardy and he just won them the league. Did he? Just purely, not just his goals, he scored 30 on, which obviously helps, but he just nicked points in the last 10 minutes of games where they were 2 2 and they, he'd score a winner or they were 2 1 down and it'd be 95th. And he'd score, he'd always get. So he must have been worth so many points to them. Yeah. But they bought, they bought Lee Fowler off us in the season. We were having a bit of trouble with him. They they were the only team that wanted to take him and buy him, so the club sort of saw the money. Did they play it? And Fleetwood, yeah. They were they were playing it. They didn't just pluck him. No, and just put him for on the fun, bench. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and in hindsight, he probably got him a few points as well, and it probably wasn't a great decision. But the club needed the money. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You can't just get rid of somebody that's worth something. Yeah. Just off the back of it, so. There was a few things, but yeah, and then Luton, we had, you know, we had them in the semi-finals for two years, and uh, horrible place to go. A horrible place to go. Yeah, we were three 0 down after thirty minutes in the first leg. We were similar in the second game the year after. We were two 0 down at home, and it's just not again, John. Yeah. <laughs> and the ninety-eight points one, we were in the playoffs. We knew we were in the playoffs for like six weeks. Okay. And then we probably knew for three or four weeks we couldn't win the league so we had a month of just training and playing and our momentum just went really you know but the year after when we played Newport in the final we played Kidderminster and the roles were reversed we nicked in played Kiddy who were in there and had momentum and we ended up getting to the final and we were five minutes from taking to extra time it was nil-nil going in late yeah Jolly and O'Connor scored but they'd spent they'd had the millionaire guy coming at Newport just gone and got Jolly 25, 35 grand or whatever and he just got another one he spent that sort of money he just nicked them wins that get him up he scores in the final as a striker you would have seen Jamie Vardy then maybe and thought yeah he's a football league player wouldn't have dreamt that he would have gone on to become a Premier League player would you then go to you know your management the office after a game you've just ground out whatever sort of result for Wrexham you go in you put the telly on soccer Saturday or whatever Teletext maybe back then and <laughs> yeah. C-Fax uh, oh my god just seen his name scoring a late again. again yeah but they would have been doing the same to us do you know what I mean because we were top for probably five or six months and then they just came through at the end and we just just couldn't quite I remember as a bank holiday Monday we played Alfreton at home and we got beat 1-0 and that was us it just flipped the other way and they were five points clear they won in late on or whatever and just you try so hard you try to get so close and you think 98 points is an unbelievable achievement yeah. and not to get anything out of the season just heartbreak <laughs> Dean Saunders then that's a, that's a podcast on its own isn't it how long have you got <laughs> oh my god what a character what was he like as a, as a manager because um, my experiences with him he was uh, John Toshak's coach mm-hmm. so Tosh Roy Evans and Dean Saunders and he was just I was looking at him thinking, if he was a player, if he was in our dressing room as a player, I know that I would love him. You know, an unbelievable personality. But as a coach, I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure, you know, whether he's going too far because you know any session that he puts on is for him to look good. Yeah, yeah. He put on a shooting session for the strikers, but he's getting most the most yeah, shots. <laughs> he, he was brilliant. He was, right, he, he was my favourite player when I was growing up. Right. So he rings me up to go back there and he's pestering me in the life out of me over the summer to go back Um, and uh, I thought I was going to sign at Berry, but things didn't quite work out and it was a two year contract what was he saying to you to get you to go back oh we're going to do this you know just he was just in you like we're going to do this we're going to play this way we're going to play you off here and we're going to bring him in and him in and him in whether it was true or not I don't know but he certainly sold it back and because I was getting a bit older it was a two year contract I safety security and all that but also going back as well I knew the club I could stay living where I was I didn't have to move a lot of things ticked, ticked a lot of boxes so 
good decision in the end because I learned as a manager now I look back and learn so much off him some right some wrong yeah. what to do but he would have we would do session after session on shape and lads would be like, oh my god not again and we'd play this six goal game and switching play and you'd walk out and you'd see the six goals and be like oh no not again knew, yeah. but it worked it worked and he was on the earth. but he did it for a bit too long because it just become a bit monotonous but we were regimented in what we did we knew every when and where to play absolutely everything was nailed down and I took that from him and that's what it's got to be you've got to know your jobs and we were and that's when I took over I knew what he wanted and the players knew it so I didn't have to do anything I just had to make sure that they remembered what he wanted and we had good players and the ball rolled and we off we went did you ever do the six goal game yeah, of course, all day. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I've done other stuff. I've done. We do thirty-five second runs, byline to byline. And back, Mickey Adams used to do it at Cov, and yeah. I used to hate it. It's horrible. Do eight of them with a one-minute ten rest or whatever, and it hard, hard work. And I remember him saying, "You'll do it when if you manage your coach, you'll definitely do it." And I have done it because it's hard. It's just running. It's just work. And you do. You just pick up these things, and you remember what you did as a player. I remember that was good I enjoyed that yeah. and, you, and you put them and see what happens it surprised me actually to, to hear that Dean, Dean Saunders was that type of manager to be honest I don't know I, I had a, maybe an idea perception that he'd be kind of just a we'll see how it goes you know we've got mm. good players go out there and play and we'll just play five aside and train assistant manager to Sooners wasn't he in Newcastle etc right, so yeah. he's they've been at a high level and he's very well qualified coach and knows his stuff as well so enthusiastic about the game he couldn't understand why people just didn't run about because he yeah. was that wasn't he as a player yeah. he just legged it about and that's why I loved it because that was me I wasn't very skillful but I legged it about ran about and I scored a few goals off the back of it And but he was and he's so funny and I, we used to just I just look forward to training hard coming lunch and I'd just sit in the canteen up at Wrexham and just I'd just listen to him and Bri just talking so, such a funny character unbelievable stories he used to do Friday he used to do uh, Young v Old he'd play for the Olds yeah. and then we'd all go up to the canteen afterwards and have our food and he would he would go right lads right lads the uh, score the marks are in marks are in uh, had the reporter send over the marks um, uh, Curtis Obeng, um <laughs> 4 out of 10 could do better headless chicken you know, go through. He'd so go through all the players and mark them out of ten. Dean Saunders, nine out of ten, best <laughs> player by mama. You know, and he'd bring in like a, a wrecked TV, a pair of shoes that he's found somewhere, and give them as prizes for the best goal and stuff like that. Out of date beer and stuff. It was random, oh but it was God. just brilliant. I, I remember one last trip. It was myself and Ashley Williams rooming, and Ash obviously would was playing so Dino would be doing the rounds coming to see this player and that player knock on the door and you look through the people oh, fucking hell it's Dino <laughs> open the door you know you're just wanting to chill out and watch a DVD or whatever on your, on your laptop <laughs> right open the door in he comes you know you can't get rid of him because he's just going to talk football <laughs> constantly and he'll bring it back to himself somehow uh, yeah. but you know funny stories and he's, he's telling Ash I think Ash is playing and Bale is left back so about the relationship, about the distances. And we've got this bag of sweets that we hadn't even opened, right? Mawams. He, he cracks them open and he starts eating these Mawams and he's just chucking the wrappers on the floor. So he's not talking to me, he's talking to Ash. I'm looking at it thinking, fucking hell, are you going to pick them up, mate? So we're going to hell of a mess in our room. And then he's just describing the distances. You know, Ash, if you and you need to get Balo back in here. And if he doesn't listen the first time, you've got to tell him a second or a third. And he starts doing it. So he's going, Balo. And if he's not listening, Balo! <laughs> and they just kept getting louder and louder. I'm thinking, Gareth he's might not be gonna come in. He might be in the room next door. He might be looking around thinking, what is going on? Leaves after probably 25, 30 minutes. The room's a tip. Yeah. Mao and rappers everywhere. But that's him. It's funny. It's funny. So, like, just buzzes all the time. It's like a Jack Russell, isn't he? Off he goes and that. But sensational company. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To be around and have a, have a chat with. And I, I'm still in contact with him. And, I'm going to hopefully try and get a round of golf with him if he's listening. <laughs> he's probably not, but yeah. if he is, let's get him Let's get him round of golf with you and get him on the podcast. Yeah, I'll get him on the manager as well. There we go. Sorted. <laughs> let's go back to the start then. You know, you're talking about signing for Wrexham. 
that first break from Flinney, partnership with uh, the one and only Lee Trundle, <laughs> mate. A young Lee Trundle, because that would have been before I knew him. I, I got to know Trunds. He was probably pushing 30, actually. Mm -hmm. He was a late starter, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was the same as me. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure he'd matured a little bit, still a little bit wild in wow. his own way. You would have saw him raw. <laughs> well, we played Rill in a game. They were getting... Uh, we need, we weren't doing great with Flinney um, in charge. We, he took a reserve team, stroke first team, up to Rill to play in a Tuesday night game. So not a, pre a Premier Cup? Do you remember that, come? Yeah, yeah. No, it was just a, I'm sure it was just a friendly. Okay. Just be and because he'd had reports of Truns, I think it was. So we, we'll, we'll bring a team up. We need a game anyway. Anyway, I think they played Craig Falconbridge, striker. Played him at centre-half for us yeah. because they thought that he might be a centre half at some point or maybe an utility one when needed Trump's just tore him one and scored three chipped Kev did and you know he chipped every keeper in the world any chance <laughs> but he, he just was he was unbelievable that day he just tore the centre half a new one and we signed him the day after he was training with us and coming to us and he was brilliant yeah <laughs> it's just one, first day yeah just not fit enough Obviously, but he was so skillful. The best Chester of a ball I've ever seen. Oh. A joke. Like one of the first goals he scored, we played Oxford at home. He scored Attery, chipped yeah. the keeper again. But one of our lads has had a shot across the box and it's gone sort of chest high, going out of play. And he's, it's hit him, chested, and it's just dropped right in front of him and he's just slotted it in. I'm Absolute like, barrel. I'm chest. like, yeah. I'm like, if that's it, me, it's, it's, I'm knocked over. Wimbled, yeah. <laughs> and he's just controlled it and knocked it in. But it worked really well. I think it worked really well. I ran about. He didn't. <laughs> as simple as that. Nope. But he was just, he always wanted the ball to feet. I never wanted the ball to feet. I always wanted to go behind. And it just clicked and just, just worked. worked yeah. Just worked. And he must have set up so many of my goals. It was a joke. And scored so many, Johnny. Did he come in quiet or was he? Because he's not, he's, he's one of the biggest, funniest characters. If he's listening. I can't yeah. believe I'm making his head even bigger but he's a funny Bond character head, yeah. he's not a loud stupid he, he, you would None. never see trends coming into a room and think ah oh, look at him you know loves himself loud and that he, he's just that charisma mm. but day one does he come in no he wasn't Larry he just came in and, and got on with it and there were some big characters in that team though in those days And but he was he was great he just went slotted into training like he'd been there for a long long time and he got pretty much straight, in, straight into the team. You know what I mean? He sort of bypassed me and him played a few reserve games. I wasn't in the team then. And he just bypassed us and went sort of straight into the team and scored some, just just scored some great goals. You know what I mean? Ones that you watch now and you think, Jesus, how's he seen that? Or where's he seen that from? The skills he's got. And just great and great to play with and like I say, a great character. You, you said then then because it, one of the recent podcasts with Andy Robinson, he came into Wrexham to train for a week. Was that that period as well? It was a bit earlier than that. Um, and he came in, or Joey Jones brought him in for a week's trial and he was really raw. But we were, he was training with us part-timers, you know, the, the squad, bomb squad really. Yeah. The ones that were trying to get in the team were doing extra and stuff. And we do it five sides and he was just bang, such a sweet strike with a bang, goal, bang. Who's this character here? But Joey was like, I wanted, I wanted Brian to take him, but they didn't have any money or they couldn't do it. But he wasn't asking for a lot. He just was a chance. And he also had a bit of a past and a bit of an, yeah, one of those. And so they never took him and he's gone on and done unbelievable. Would, would you then, were, were you, you would have left Wrexham probably then at the time where Truns, you know, I think there's question marks over Flinney leaving Wrexham to go to Swansea and Truns his contract was up and all of a sudden Truns is with him in Swansea mm. Andy Robinson then joins him two players I know that that's what happens in the world of football isn't it, it? Is. Yeah. Well, Rex, Wrexham fans must have looked and thought whether they knew Robbo had been on trial bloody hell well we had a season in League 2 and we got they got relegated which gave me my opportunity Truns me Truns Lee Jones were the sort of three strikers and Hector Sam remember yeah. him yeah, yeah. character um, they were, we were the four strikers with Dennis Smith um, as manager and we got back out of the league we got promoted that year but when we got promoted I left I'd scored all the goals that year of 30 odd and so I had to get out if I was ever going to go and play higher that was my opportunity too so I ended up going to sign him for Cov 
and he Truns went back down a division okay. and left and went to Swansea yeah, yeah. and fans didn't mind me going really but they sort of said, what they see you're going the bigger better things if you drop down the league I was gone for the money yes yeah. basically that was what the way they saw it and that's why he's his aura at Wrexham I suppose isn't quite as good as it should be because he was exceptional for them do you know what I mean and he's I suppose it's just a sour taste at the end of it probably more than anything but um, yeah they lost 50 we were 55 goals between us or something stupid like that and yeah. that's gone straight out of your team when you're going up to League One um, so they had to replace that somehow was which big, was, was big, tough Big Den there? Big Den Carlos Edwards yeah yeah, all the, yeah, yeah Darren Ferguson good team wasn't it? Oh, it went went played three at the back and had wing backs we had Carlos Edwards one side Paul Edwards Sean Holmes the other side and they just kept crossing the ball you know they're either playing Trunz's feet on the corner of the box and he'd do that silly five point step over slider yeah. thing or whatever he does or he'd cross it and try to edit thing in I remember I probably would have been playing for Bangor at the time I came to watch Wrexham a couple of times and uh, I remember seeing Big Den played with him afterwards so at the time you're looking at this big giant fella playing centre half and he used to I don't know if you remember this or if it was just a couple of games I thought Den was very underrated as a player as a defender you know probably because of how he looked mm. you know looked a little bit gangly yeah he was wow. gangly he made me look like <laughs> yeah. a stocky athlete <laughs> right but he used to get the ball whether it was off the goalkeeper or what and, and opposition would maybe allow Den to have it he used to drive with the ball to the halfway line and then always turn back and I was thinking that's all the big fella does <laughs> but he was better than that wasn't he he was and he could not character. yeah he was great I remember when we signed him and they had this picture of him with a <laughs> like a basketball next to a lamppost it was like ridiculous do you know what I mean because we'd signed Carlos and Hector at the same time yeah and uh, his debut was away at Tramere and we got beat five and he was all over the place yeah six foot seven whatever he is couldn't head it didn't never had to so he had to learn a lot do you know what I mean coming in but he was quite quick he very rarely 1v1 got round him because he was just so Legs. horrible yeah. gangly and he had a great attitude to work and doing work and getting better and he got better and better as the years he could never ping a ball 60 yards that was just it was the old curly toe one that went so to the other winger <laughs> but uh, but he could play yeah. do you know what I mean if he got it he was comfortable in possession and play and he was a big part of us getting up that year him Brian Carey at the back they were stall force for us what was he driving then did he have one of those long Lexuses <laughs> yeah. Le- Lexus is that more than one Lexus I, I know he, Lexi. he drove yeah he drove a Lexus uh, but it wasn't his first and it wasn't his last was it just, a prime mirror or something yeah, like it that it was so long it, and he used to have the seat like down so he could fit in it you know into the back and it like laid down it was like him and Carlos driving around in that this clap down blue thing you're talking there about uh, brilliant you seen a picture of because I've had that uh, not as tall as Ben, but photographers, if you sign for a team or whatever, that first day where you pictured with a scarf, they always look to make you look even taller. They're trying to make you look stupid. From down here? Yeah, because you're a giant. They go down, you, they get you to maybe stand by a post and then just touch the crossbow with your hand and they, then they take the photo from ground level up just to make you look Monster. like a freak show. Bastard. But he's a Trinidad Tobago manager. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Well done. But he took a, a dent, big gamble, went goes in with Martinez for nothing at Wigan just to be around football for yeah. a month or two. Martinez likes what he's doing, offers him a little role around the place, helping the development of the youngsters. Then he gets him in with the first and no, Trinidad. You've got to be willing. Thanks very much. It doesn't matter what you want to do, if you're a coach, if you want to manage, if you want to work in the media, I think there comes a time if you want to progress, sometimes you've got to take the hit and do things maybe not for money. Yep. Just you know, for just love to, of it. Just to create that pathway for yourself. Possible opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Rob Edwards. Do you know Rob Edwards? He went into Man City and did six months at Man City in their academy for nothing. Just travel. Just to be around it. Opportunity comes up to take a team and you're there. Do you know what I mean? You're in it. And that's sometimes the best thing to do. I try and get out and go and watch sessions and coaches and want to network get yourself out there if anything comes up they might think of you but also to try and learn a little bit and see what they do there and why they do it and how they do it 
there comes a time, I guess, it's that catch-22 because it is what we've just spoke about. But also, if you keep doing that and nothing comes of it, you probably start questioning, why am I doing this? Mm. Am I wasting my time? Mm. Should I put my focus elsewhere? And when? When do you go, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do something else because this isn't happening. Because you know that a week later, <laughs> something's going to come back up and you've already stepped into that. So you're always wanting to do this. But is it another week? And another week? Do you know what I mean? It's also family as well, isn't it? Because whether if I'm doing a, a podcast and it's not financially going to be worth anything to me, and you're saying, I'm, I'm going out and driving to Stoke today to meet Andy Morrell to do a podcast, and they're looking, I can't pick the kids up from school, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they're probably looking at you thinking, oh my God. Go for a coffee. Why? Go for a coffee with it's him. A, it's just a long-term plan, isn't it? it is, I, I've got a picture in my head. Yeah. It's just hard to let other people know. <laughs> yeah, and I went, I went and met Michael Doyle, Cobb City captain yesterday, just for a, just for a coffee. He's still their captain? Yeah, yeah, doing great. And you never know, because he's like, he's in he's in a good position at Cov. He moves for 23s, the 18s, and something might come up. He might think of me rather yeah, than yeah. somebody else, do you know what I mean? So you, I think you've just got to do it. And I know him, I've played with him, and he lives around the corner from me, so... I like to catch up with him and see what he's up to. He's coming to the end of his career. He wants to know what he, don't know what he's going to do next, sort of thing. So we just chat. He, he was a player. I remember playing against Coventry. I think it was him centre midfield with um, Gunnison. I think, yeah, that rings a bell. And he was the one. There's always one where you're playing football and you hear the rumours that this this player's on this much and this player's on that much. And Doyle, I, I just remember coming up against him. You know. And hearing these on whatever ten grand a week, and you, you're looking, you're on. I don't know what I would have been on. <laughs> Not that. No, twelve. Say twelve hundred pounds. Yeah. No, maybe it was yeah. eight hundred. And you're thinking, I'm as good as him. And for a little spell, when you're young, you start begrudging. Oh my God, it's that dressing room chat. How's he on this much? As you get older, you think, good for him. That's man. right. Get good what you can. Him. And he's still playing now, which shows just consistency as well. Yeah, and he was fittest man in the world really frightening how fit he was like he would run he'd do late runs and stuff and he'd be minutes ahead of everybody else and like not even sweating and he's still like that now he's still at the front of the running and still fit as and he's done great at him really good for him as well yeah I remember you scoring four goals and oh, do you remember that that was Dennis Lawrence actually by the way if he's listening nobody be surprised I think I was injured but, uh, so Blackpool beat Swansea last game of the season on a 6-3 at the Liberty you needed to win to get into the playoffs yeah so Roberto and we needed to win to have a chance of automatic Roberto we being charged only a short period of time but almost got us to the playoffs so it worked out better for us if you like but what good team you know that was my first glimpse of the little magician that I went on to play with little Wesley where's Hulam bloody hell he must have been a joy to play with and he was so I I start, I got went to Blackpool in that summer and let, had a contract at Cov left because I wasn't going to play that much that's what they said Blackpool coming for me and so I said right I went back to the missing and I'm moving to Blackpool John and she went, what so it was just one of those that quick uh, three games into the season Blackpool hadn't won they were having a bit of money put into the club to try and have a go and so we went and Wes had been on had turned up in Latvia yeah. for their, for Blackpool to uh, pre-season train nobody really knew who he was or anything but incredible didn't play the first three games came on in a cup game got man of the match and he didn't stop from there he was unbelievable was he heavy then? No. He's not got that physique that looks heavy, but isn't. No. But he has had He just had the ability. Been. If we were under pressure, we could just give him the ball and he would just keep it for a minute. You know, on his own. Off he'd just go. And everybody could have a breather. And, we could, and he was just brilliant. He'd pop up here, pop up there. And like you think, oh, well, we'll have to work hard around him. Yeah, no, fine. Ran about. Ran oh, about yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was hard, but he, he just kept it and created so many chances for us. But you're also willing to work harder if need be for that sort of player, Absolutely. Aren't you? Absolutely. And we had Keegan Parker up top with me, Ben Burgess, and Scott Vernon were the four strikers there. But Keegan, he scored two that day as well. I'm not sure your keeper was <laughs> too great for a couple of them, but yeah. um, no, it's just a good team, very good team that he put together. Things just worked out that season for us. Left back scored seven. 
randomly, you know, a couple of free kicks, they brought it in on loan. And just sometimes it works like that, you know what I mean? And then we went, you, we hit Swansea the last game, we had won the six previous straight, yeah. and we were just in good form. And you went ahead, you were, yeah, you went ahead, and you went back 3-2 up, Trons Mr. Penn, um, and then, yeah, it was just one of those days that I... You know, wanted the crossbar, bounce down. I'm just there to edit in. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then the last goal was one of the best in my career. Actually. Really? Yeah, because Joe Hart was a goal for us then that day. Okay. And he big diag over the top of Big Den, and I just ran onto him, volleyed it left foot, right straight over the top of uh, was it Willie? Yeah. I think Willie Gray maybe. Yeah, straight. Yeah. Big Den, sort your starting position. <laughs> and yeah, we won, but Bristol City won as well, so we didn't go in, so we ended up going in the playoffs. And Won the playoffs, yeah. Beat Oldham. And then, yeah, so we won 10 straight games at that stage. It was, yeah. And some of the lads were like, we're just going to win this. You know, we just knew. At Wembley, we just knew. There so, was no option. Talking about Wes, um, we used to train, so under Paul Lambert, we used to have this, sometimes sessions where big circles, so terrible Tuesdays, tough tough Tuesdays, you knew this is going to be a hard session. And then you earn your day off, if you like. And as part of that, sometimes just 1v1s so everyone on the outside and you'd be one on one whether it was in a big circle or whether it was with a couple of goals you okay? it's like how long are you going to be five more minutes is that right? thank you Mark said to ring him and he'll come and let us out yeah he's just going to a oh I see okay lovely thank you there we go um, yeah so we go in a circle 1v1 in the middle I remember coming up against Wes sometimes. Can you imagine being stuck 1v1 against him for a ball. minute? You know, 1v1s are so hard, but if you're stuck for that length That's of time, right. defending against him. Oh my God, he's just popping it, he's megging me. That's right, right little and large. And <laughs> but I tell you, he, he'd say he didn't like coming up against me either. Yeah, yeah. It's all about Big Den's legs, long legs, sometimes just a pain in the ass for people always nick a ball. Yeah, yeah. That was tough. Man. Yeah, he was brilliant. Another one, again, another one, a manager just fell on him, just fell on him, do you know what I mean, from nowhere, yeah. and done unbelievably well. Well, d- again, Wes, because we played Colchester, my debut, lost 7-1 at home, Ooh, yeah. at Carroll Road, yeah, so full house, disaster, Gunnier, Brian Gunn ends up getting sacked, Paul Lambert was the Colchester manager, yes, right. and after the game, they knew each other from Livingston. Paul Lambert's gone up to Wes, like, all right, Wes, how, you know, how's it going? Ah, fucking shithole. I want to get out of here. <laughs> Ten days after, Lambert's the manager. He's, he's got those words in his mind. This this fucker doesn't want to be here. So he ends up training with the youth team for a good couple of weeks, um, trying to get him out. And then as luck happens, injuries and this and that, gets himself back in the first team. The rest is history. Football's wild, isn't it? It's great. It's so wild. It's great. And it can change like that. Like that, it's literally... I could get a phone call and, that's, and I could be working tomorrow night. Yeah. and you're like everything's just dropped kids are you know kids are dropped and <laughs> see you later you're yeah, at school yeah, yeah. missus is like what's going on do you know what I mean so but that's, that's, that's the world and that's why we love it yeah so that's that's what's next really Ant you're yeah, waiting I hope so we'll see I'm sure that I was just listening to the radio yesterday about the dreaded October coming for managers because that's when chairman 10 games in go not sure it's working or whatever and we'll change it around and it's horrible to think like that that you're waiting for yeah. people to get sacked but unfortunately any, that's just the any level? yeah I, any level potentially it just have to be a decent enough opportunity things are getting tougher with budgets and stuff like that and just be competitive would be good but again picky you can't be picky you can't be choosy we'll just wait and see and Hopefully something will turn up. You must have loads of different Twitter accounts so that when you see a manager struggling or teams losing, you go on these different accounts saying, ah, get this manager the out. forums. Get on the forums. <laughs> get on the forums. Different names. Yeah, I, the forums thing, I'm, I'm not a big believer in them. And I, I remember at Wrexham when I scored, at the season of goals, <laughs> I, uh, I went on there and one guy put, you know, I don't know what's the point around he only scores one a game. Yeah. You know, he doesn't ever go on to score two or three. So we should we should take him off after he scores one. Yeah. And I just thought, I've scored thirty five goals every season, mate. I think that's what good enough. Yeah. yeah. And so I just went, right, I'm never gonna look at that again. Oh, hey, that's what it is. I used to watch I used to look at them when I was a banger. 
and most of the Bangor fans are probably my mates, you know. But, uh, but I used to play well, and you look at it, and you're, oh, you're building yourself up. It's time for Swansea, you quickly realize very different not world. Your mates. Even when you think you've played well, yeah, you know, yeah. You go on, you're not, not going to impress yeah. 16 to 20,000 people, you're going to have your haters, absolutely. And you there and then, I thought, I'm not doing it. And also, spending time injured and being in the stand, I'm not going to criticize all football fans, I'm just saying that I'd sit there and sometimes look at the people who are crit- crit- criticizing, you know, I'd look. And think this guy who's he could be twenty stone, or this guy who's got three eyes, and you know he's just sitting there eating four hot dogs yeah. and he's hammering one of the players. And I'm yeah. thinking, okay, take a step back and realise, do you know what? Everyone's allowed their opinion. You don't have to listen. To That's it. right. And I had somebody behind. I went to watch a game when I wasn't involved in football really early when I was working when I was about twenty and twenty-two, and a guy stood up behind me. It was at a Leeds Villa game. This was black and white, one of them, and he's just shouted, "Just kick it really hard!" Yeah, and that's when I just brilliant. Thanks, mate. It's you know what helped you. What I'm going to do now is I'm just going to leave you there, and I won't listen to what because if you did, your head would just fall off and spit it for And I think uh, our time's coming to an end, mate. These boys are trying to eat their dinner. Lunchtime. We almost timed it perfectly, didn't we? We were close, so close. But, uh, it's Thanks been, for having me. It's really, been really, really good, good, good conversation. Listen out for my podcast. If I will, have you got a name for it? No. How do we manage something like that? I don't know. Oh, nice. You've been thinking about <laughs> see it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's been good. Thanks, Anne. Appreciate it. And there we go. Another one down. Another one in the books. Big thank you to Andy, Mr. Andy Morell, Wrexham legend. Um, real fascinating insight into a bit of everything player, manager, out of work manager so huge thanks to Andy thank you to Stoke City and Mark in particular for sorting us out with the little room in the cafeteria got a little bit busy towards the end the boys are hungry, the boys are chatty but um, hopefully it didn't affect the sound quality too much hopefully you guys enjoyed it if you did, please subscribe tell a friend to subscribe leave a rating, leave a review Get in touch on my Twitter or Instagram. Let me know who you'd like for future episodes and I'll do my best to track them down. Until next time, ta-da.